I was able to go home to Minnesota. This is kind of wild. So if we go back in time, about a little less than a year ago, I was at my sister's wedding, my sister Abigail. I have five sisters. So my sister Abigail's wedding. And uh, my other sister, Rebecca, was there. And uh, one of my parents' friends were there, and they were having this little dialogue back and forth. And the one lady was like, hey, um, is your daughter Rebecca single? And my mom was like, yes, she is. And she said, well, my Jacob is single too. And he lives in Cedar Rapids. And they're like, oh, oh. And so they tried to set up this like blind date. And my sister chickened out. She didn't show up. So she stood him up. And then she felt bad because my parents were, they're like, oh my goodness, you stood a poor Jacob and he's part of the family. How dare you? So, so anyways, um, my sister called Jacob kind of reluctantly. She's kind of shy. He's kind of shy. They got together. They started talking and now they're getting married this year. So yeah, so we were back home for my sister's bridal shower. We had a lot of fun. Um, we were able to relax and take it easy, but she's getting married in July. Ironically, my mom and his mom set them up. Other sisters were wedding about a year ago, and so we were there visiting, and so we drove up on Friday night, and we stayed in Chicago, and then drove the rest of the way, and then this last Friday, we drove all the way. We took the whole trek, all 10 hours, and Genevieve had to use the bathroom every 10 minutes. So it turned into like a 12-hour yeah, drive or something, like maybe 13-hour. I don't know. It was a long drive. But it was fun. It was a good time. So I'm back. I, I think I'm slightly rested. Um, there's a couple things coming up. Obviously, we have small groups that are going on. Um, if you aren't involved in small groups, make sure you check them out. We got three of them going on, as, as Nick mentioned. We have the one on Sunday nights, which is the best. That one's here. We have lasagna. We have the one on Wednesday nights over at the Desi's that I've heard, oh, that I've heard is pretty lame. So don't go to that one. That one's the worst. And then, of course, we have, I'm just kidding. That one's great. And then we also have the one on Friday nights with the young adults, which is even worse than the other one. Okay, just kidding. They're all great. So make sure if you're a young adult, if you're not connected, that you're a part of that. Also, just to let you guys know, for the month of May, we're going to be kind of doing like a focus on the family type uh, month. And so um, I encourage you to, in to invite your family. Maybe you don't have family that normally comes with you to church, but invite your family. Um, next week, we're going to have a youth-led service. And so Pastor Nate and Liz are getting everything together. The youth team is going to be playing. Um, Randy's going to be here having some games for the kids and for the adults. Should be a lot of fun. And then we have Mother's Day after that. And, of course, Mother's Day is a lot of, ex is a lot of, is exciting, right? That's like one of the biggest Sundays of the year. And then two weeks after that, I think it's on the 23rd, we're going to have a kids service. And so uh, Pastor Michael is going to be up here and we're going to have some kids songs. He's going to be giving a message. So again, family focus for May. It's going to be a lot of fun. We want you to and be a part. And um, so those are just a couple things that are coming up. So, um, so a couple weeks ago, I started a series called Warrior. Can you look to your neighbor and say, Warrior? Look to your neighbor and say, Warrior. Do it in your best warrior voice. Warrior. Yeah, we started a series a couple weeks ago called Warrior. And we spoke from a passage of scripture that's, uh, that was in Exodus that says, The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. And we talked about how a lot of times when we think about God, we think about him being our hiding place, our refuge, our shelter, our shepherd. But a lot of times we don't realize that God is also a warrior. And we talked about how 
God has called us to be warriors. He's called us to, um, when you think about a warrior, every warrior has three things. Every warrior has someone to protect, they have a kingdom to advance, and they have a battle to win. Every warrior has three things. Someone to protect, a kingdom to advance, and a battle to win. And so we're going to kind of continue on that uh, thought, just kind of a short series, a couple, just a couple, couple sermons in this series. But um, if you guys have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me real quick to Judges chapter 3, verse 31. Judges chapter 3, verse 31. And this, was its, this is what it says in Judges chapter 3, verse 31. I'm reading out of the New King James. It says, after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Let's read that again. After him was Shamgar. Can you look to your neighbor and say, Shamgar, the son of Anath. Can you say, Anath? Sounds weird. Um, After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Sounds like a stud, doesn't he? Killed 600 men. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you that we have this time to come together. God, I pray that you'll um, just use my words to minister to people this morning. I pray that you will uh, empower us to be warriors, God. I pray that you will um, just open our eyes and hearts. Father, I pray that um, our hearts will be uh, fertile soil and that you will move in and, and, and act in us according to your good purpose, God. May, may, may we just focus on you. Amen. So today, we're going to talk about kind of an, obs- an obscure judge known as Shamgar. Shamgar. Short story with a powerful testimony. In fact, only one verse in the Bible uh, speak. Oh, actually, there's two verses that speak of him, but only one really tell his story. There are 12 judges that are mentioned in the book of Judges. He is the third judge, but he gets the least amount of scripture. So it doesn't really, we really don't know much about him. Um, The first judge was Othniel. And if you read about him earlier in Judges chapter 3, you see that he went to war and he brought peace. Um, And then there was Ehud, who was a left-handed warrior who had a double-edged dagger who stabbed a king, and um, it says he stabbed him so hard that it went straight into his belly. The, his, 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 his fat, this was a fat king. The fat enveloped the sword, and this guy's intestines came out. Sounds like a nice guy. Ehud. Ehud. And after Ehud, it says that there was 80 years of peace. So after Anthniel, he went to war and he brought peace. There was 40 years of peace. After Ehud, he stabbed this Moabite king. There was 80 years of peace. Stabbed him with a, with a dagger. Interesting, if, I don't know if you've read the book of Judges before, but there's like, this, there's like this pattern of like the people of Israel would would sin, they would do wrong, and God would bring people down to destroy them. And then a judge would be raised up. And a judge isn't the way that we think of judges today. A lot of times, you know, uh, we think of judges as someone who sits in a courtroom. But a judge in the Old Testament was really like a mighty warrior. They were someone that came in and they brought about God's like correction with a sword or with violence. And so judges were a little bit different than how we think of them today. 
But so there, there, there was Othniel, there was Ehud, Ehud, and then there was Shamgar. So kind of a strange environment. So if you can imagine 40 years of peace, um, and then, so let me just, let me just kind of try to paint this picture for you of what was happening. So Othniel, Ehud, and then Shamgar. And so in between Ehud and Shamgar, there was 80 years of peace. I'll kind of paint this picture for you. In Judges chapter 21, verse 25, it says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his eyes. So during the time of Judges, there was no king. Everyone just did what was right in their own eyes. There, there was no king. There was no belief in God. It was kind of like physical and spiritual anarchy. There was no governing guidance. There was no standard for right. There was no standard for wrong. People just had their own truth. And I don't know if you, if you realize this, but like when there isn't a standard for truth, when God is out of the picture, when, when truth is out of the picture, a lot of times there is chaos that's created. And when this chaos was created, it was like this moral chasm that was created. And the Philistines, their enemies, saw this chaos, and they moved in, and they swooped in, and they invaded Israel again and again and again. So there's no king in Israel. Everyone did whatever they want. There was no standard for right. There was no standard for wrong. Um, physical, spiritual anarchy. The other verse that mentions uh, uh, Shamgar is in Judges chapter 5, verses 6 and verses 8. So check this out. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Joel, the highways were deserted. Isn't that interesting? The highways were deserted. And the travelers walked along the byways. So there was so much danger because the Philistines were coming down and pillaging. They were staying off the roads, and they were going in the back roads, and they were hiding in the bushes, and they were traveling secretly from village to village. So, and, and, and they chose new gods uh, in verse 8. Uh, then there was war in the gates, which means that there was war that was imminently in front of them. So the Philistines were coming. Um, they weren't traveling on the main roads. They were traveling in the byways. Uh, they chose new gods to worship. There was war that was at the gates. Not a shield or a spear was among the 40,000 in Israel. So, so the Philistines had come, and they had pillaged, and they'd taken all of their weapons. So I don't know if you can kind of imagine this with me, but here is Israel. Um, they had no king. They had no belief in God. There was spiritual and physical anarchy. There was no governing guidance. There was no standard for right. There was no standard for wrong. People were just doing their own thing. There was moral chaos. There was a chasm that was created because there was no belief in God. They were hopeless. They were helpless. They were oppressed. They were godless. They were without peace. They were, they were without joy. This sounds like kind of a, a desperate situation that the Israelites were in. You with me this morning? They were oppressed. They were hopeless. They were helpless. They were without joy. They were without peace. They were without, without God. Does that sound maybe familiar to any of you this morning? It's interesting how the enemy has the same tricks. He does the same things over and over and over and over again. If you look at the the news, or you just kind of see the same thing, the same chaotic situation again and again and again. And you can see that people even today are still hopeless and helpless and godless and without peace and without joy. And people even still today are oppressed. And in the midst of this crisis, we read 
a single verse about a judge named, a warrior named Shamgar. And I want to encourage you this morning that you can make a difference in spite of how bad things may seem. Even when the enemy is being oppressive, even when the enemy is at the gates, even when the enemy is trying to steal your joy and trying to steal your peace, you can make a difference. You see this judge, this warrior, one verse that speaks of him. After him was Shamgar. And it's interesting because here's 40 years of peace, or here's 80 years of peace. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. Two points for you this morning. You ready for this? The first point is this. You can write this down. Start where you are. Is anyone writing it down? Anyone? No. You can write this down. Start. <laughs> Look to your neighbor and say, start where you are. Look to your neighbor and say it again. Start. Bella, you can do it. Start where you are. You got to look at the text closely to see this principle. Start where you are. Aaron, you need to start where you are. Julie, start where you are. Jay, you need to start where Lisa, Lisa, start where you are. Brian, you need to start where you are. Rabia, start where you are. Start where you are. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath. Anath, Anath is an interesting name. Anath, 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 Anath. Ah, blah, blah, blah. No one heard that. Please remove that from the recording. Anath is a very interesting name. Ah, ah, ah. It's actually a feminine name. The Canaanite goddess of war. Some people think that it might have indicated Shamgar's upbringing. They think that maybe um, he didn't start out as um, someone that followed God. They, they think that maybe he was actually born a Canaanite. Some people think that. Other people believe that. He was an Israelite, but he was surrounded by a wicked culture. So they named his father, Anath, <laughs> after the pagan culture by which they found themselves. So whether he was pagan or he was named after this pagan goddess of war, we can see that... Um, he was born in an ungodly, in a worldly environment. To me, this says that no matter your upbringing, God can still use you. Perhaps you are from a worldly home. God can still use you. So many times in youth ministry, we served for so many years in youth ministry and we, we, we served kids that they had the worst home lives. We had one kid, a brother and sister, that had the absolute worst home life. 
the, the, the father was a drunk, the mother was in a bad relationship. I mean, you would think the odds were stacked against them. But the Lord got a hold of them. The Lord changed them. The Lord transformed them. They became some of the pillars in our youth group. Like, 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 like no matter your upbringing, God can use you. Start where you are. After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 men of the Philistines with an ox goad. Start where you are. What exactly is an ox goad? Hmm. Well, I actually brought a prop today. It's not the best ox goad, but it's pretty close, maybe. I don't know. Um, an ox goad. Uh, we were just talking about that Star Wars. What, what are they called, David? The sand people? Uh, okay. Um, an ox goad uh, had two parts to it, but essentially an ox goad had a part at the end which had a metal point, which was used for prodding oxen. And then the, on the other end, it had a spot that was chiseled, chiseled for working ground. So you'd take the pointed end, and you would convince the oxen to keep on moving. You'd prod them and poke them and move them and motivate them. And then while they were moving, you'd use the other end of the ox goad to break and work the ground. So you'd move the oxen, you'd work the ground. You'd move the oxen, you'd work the ground. You'd move the oxen, you'd work the ground. You'd move the oxen, you'd poke them, come on, get moving. You'd work the ground. You'd prod the oxen, and you'd work the ground. So this passage of scripture speaks of not only his heritage being the son of someone that was named after the Greek god of war, or the Canaanite god of war, but it also speaks of his occupation. He didn't start as a judge. We can see here that he started as a farmer. He started as someone that would prod the oxen and work the ground. I was thinking about this. Like, you, you don't often start where you want to be, but you got to start where you are. He wasn't in a huge position. He wasn't in a powerful or influential position, but he was merely a farmer. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Now, for me, I always think big. I always want big. I always want, you know, I always want bigger things. I always want greater things, which is okay, but, but I think we got to start, we have to start where we are. Shamgar didn't start as a judge running out and killing hundreds of Philistines with a stick, but he started as a farmer. This is, this, I don't know, I, I, I feel like maybe even I'm preaching to myself right now. Um, my, uh, we moved to Michigan 11 years ago, actually over 11 years ago, it's crazy. We came from a church where I, where I was serving full-time as a youth pastor. We came here, and I had it in my mind from the very time that we got here that our stay in Michigan was going to be short and quick. Um, I felt like God was calling me to something bigger and something greater and something more exciting because I was very educated and very smart and knew all the things about God and whatnot. You know, so I know, I, I just thought that I was going to, I just thought that our stay was going in Michigan was going to be short and quick and sweet, 
and I, we had been in Michigan before, and I was happy to be out of Michigan, and now we were back in Michigan again, and we were living with Aaron's parents, and I'm like, this is going to be short and quick and sweet, and, and I'm, it's just going to be a moment where we're here, we're going to be here, and then I'm going to go be at another church, serving full-time, doing my thing, being a youth pastor, loving God, loving people, like I had it all in my mind, like this is what I wanted to do, this is how I wanted to do it. So we came to Michigan, and um, I met with this district superintendent. I told him I was in the area, but I told him it was going to be short. I said, it's just here. It's just, it's just, it's just, just 11 years here. It's just going to be short. It's just going to be here for a short time. And um, he said, well, hey, there's this guy planting a church in Wyandotte. You should connect with him. He's looking at launching a church later this year. And so I connected with him, and we met at this coffee shop, and he invited me over to his house. went over to his house. He's like, hey, I think you should do our youth group. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm like, I don't have anything else to do, so sure. I'm like, I'll do it, but it's only going to be short. So I'm only here for a short time. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be going somewhere else. Like, I'll help you through the launch, but I, it's just going to be short. I'm o- only for a short time. I, I have bigger and better things to do, only for a short time. So we go and we help out. Almost originally begrudgingly. We're like, okay, cool but there's something better out there for That's what we were just thinking. We're thinking, okay, better, bigger, better, bigger, better, bigger, better, bigger, better, right? Everyone wants bigger and better. And so um, so we, 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 we helped with this church launch. And I remember we, um, we were doing youth. And so uh, our entire evangelistic approach to the kids, uh, we met at this place called Cheesecake, Cheese, Cheesecake Magic down in downtown Wyandotte, that isn't there anymore. But our entire evangelistic approach was, I'd walk up to kids on Sunday morning and I would say, what kind of food do you like? And they would say, I like pizza. Sweet, I'll see you tonight, I'll have pizza. And it worked, the kids loved it. So we'd get pizza, we'd get tacos. Uh, They had cheesecake that we could eat at the place. And so we would go there. But everything that I did there initially was complete, I, I had in my mind that I was going somewhere else. And so, like, we mirrored everything that we did after the church because I'm like, hey, if someone else comes in here, it's just going to be mirrored. Their, 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 their points were like faith, family, and fun. So we just, I just mirrored everything. Every single thing was right after the church because I'm like, we're going to be here quick. We're going to leave. We're going to be here quick. We're going to leave. This is small. We're going to be here quick. We're going to leave. We're going to be here quick. We're going to leave. And after we were there for about three years, <laughs> I realized that, wait a minute, this is what God has called me to. Like, this is what God has, like, like this, this isn't some passing, small, little moment that I'm supposed to step, like, this is what God has called me to in this moment, in this season of my life. What I think sometimes can happen is we can get so distracted by the big things, by our dreams, by our focuses, by, that we miss out on the present. Sometimes we can get so excited about the, the, the dreams of the future, the, the exciting things of the future, that we miss out on what God is doing in your life in this season right here, right now. And I've seen it both ways. I've seen it where people are so excited about something else that's like, I'm, I'm waiting for God to speak. I'm waiting for God to move. I'm waiting, like, like you miss out on what God's doing in your life right now. 
Or I've seen it where people have been so enamored with the glories of the past that they miss out on what God is doing in their life. We have to start where we are. God wants you to be faithful right here, right now, in this season that you're in right now. Start where you are. Shamgar started where he was at. You can see in scripture that not only did he have maybe an ungodly upbringing, but also he was a farmer and he started where he was at and God used what he had to bring about salvation, to bring about delivery to Israel. Start where you are in, in, in moments of oppression, in moments of hopelessness, in moments of despair, in moments of no peace, in moments of no joy. Start where you are. God wants to use you right here, right now, for this season that's in front of you right now. If you wait too long to decide what God's going to do with your life, you will find that you're already doing it. I've been at this place for three years. And suddenly I realized, wait a minute, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is where God has led me. This is where God is orchestrating his will. And this is where God is directing you. Start where you are. Second of all, this is my second of 20 points. Just kidding. Second of all, <laughs> use what you have. Start what you, start where you are but then use what you have. I can imagine Shamgar sitting in his field, chewing on a blade of grass, skipping rocks across the pond, and thinking to himself, I'm on my farm, I'm in my field, I've got 600 problems, and all I have All I have is this stick. Here I am on my farm, in my field, 600 problems, and all I have is this stick. I don't have a tank. I don't have a Black Hawk. I don't have an M16. I don't have any Navy SEALs. These are my resources. I don't have much. I wish I had more. If I was more skilled, if I was more talented, if I was more handsome, if I, I don't know, if I, if, I, if, I, if I just had more things. And sometimes I can kind of feel that. Like, I don't know, have you ever been there where you think, man, if I just had more resources, if I just had more talents, maybe I would do more. I, I was just at my home church over the last weekend. I haven't been there in like 20 years. It was like a crazy experience. The whole building was completely different. They they said they uh, over Easter they had 2,500 people. It was massive. It was crazy. I'm going there. The, the worship team, hallelujah, almost as good as ours, almost. But it was amazing. I'm there. It's amazing. Like, they're talking. They're doing, this, they're doing this kingdom project where they're raising money to, to pay off debt. And they said, well, last month, they said, we, 
Um, we, uh, we only had, well, they said last month we had, what was it, an extra $46,000 in the offering that we're going to use to pay off some of the debts. And we're going to match that with the general offering with another $50,000. we are hoping to be able to pay off $100,000 in debt this month. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, man, if I just had those resources, if I just had that much money, I could do some crazy things around here. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd put up a 100-inch TV and I'd, you know, I don't know, I'd start ripping pews out and throwing chairs in and resurface the parking lot. I'd buy the church from, I'd buy the home uh, in the parking lot over here. I would, I would do all sorts of stuff. I'd, I'd buy Dean a new suit. I'd buy, I don't know, I'd do a bunch of crazy stuff. I'd do crazy stuff with the resources that I had. I'd just, man, or I would just, maybe I'd level the church and build a new church, man. If I just had more resources, man, if I could, I, I could just, I could do tons of stuff. Or man, if, 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 if I just had more talent, if I could just, or if I just had more time. How many of you guys want more time? Raise your hand. If I just had more time, I'm working two jobs. This is crazy. If I said just had more time, I could do more things. I could help more people. I could pray for more people. I could visit more people. I could, if I just had more time. It occurred to me that God will never ask you to use something that you don't have. He's only going to ask you to use what you do have. He's only going to ask you to use what you do have. And God has given each of you an ox goad. He's given each of you time and talents and resources. I think about Gideon. Gideon came to God and he said, hey, listen, God, God, listen, God, and judges, listen, why is this happening to us? Where are the miracles that, that, that you performed? Where, like, like, I remember hearing the stories about you in the Exodus where, where, where you parted the Red Sea and you, you fed the people. And like, what about all the miracles that had happened? And God said to Gideon, he said, go in the strength that you have. Use what you have. In the New Testament, when the 5,000 men were there, and not including the men and the women and the children, um, and he, he asked for food, he said, what do you have? And a boy came forward, and all he had was five loaves and two fish. Use what you have. In the book of Acts, with Peter and John, when they were walking up to the temple, there was a man who was asking for money, and they said, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you. Use what you have. Use what you have. Think about it for a moment. The worship team can come back up. Think about it for a moment. You have a lot. Every single one of you have been equipped, have been equipped with praise. Every single one of you have been equipped with praise. Scripture says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Every single one of you have been equipped with praise. Every single one of you have been equipped with prayer. Use what you have. You, you have all been equipped with prayer. No matter where you're at, no matter what walk in life you're in, all of you have been equipped with prayer. The, the veil has been torn, and we have access to the Father through Jesus. We can talk to God any time that we want, any place that we want. We are, we are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. You have been equipped with praise. You have been, been equipped 
with prayer. Every single one of you have been equipped with the word of God. For God's word is living and active, amen? It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even into dividing soul and spirit, joint to marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. Man, we have the word of God. Um, we also, so we've been equipped with praise. We've been equipped with prayer. We've been equipped with God's word. We've been equipped with the presence of God. We've been equipped with the spirit of God. what I think is sometimes happening. I don't know if this is it's a prophetic word or not. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but Israel had just experienced 80 years of peace after Ehud. 80 years of peace. Sometimes it's nice when there's peace, but sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we get comfortable in our peace. Apathy fits in with our peace. We get put our feet up. We take off our armor. We put down our ox goad. then the enemy comes in. The enemy comes in and he begins to slowly prod and attack our lives. Instead of confronting the enemy, we just take the byways. We don't because we're, we're comfortable. We're complacent. Before long, we realize that the enemy has a foothold and that the enemy is bringing oppression. We feel helpless, hopeless, godless, no peace, no joy. God today is calling you to get up. He's calling you to start you are. Don't despise the small beginnings. Don't despise the season that you're in. Start where you are and then use what you have. Yeah, stand up. The worship team's going to sing this song. here this morning and you just feel as if you need some prayer, maybe you feel like the enemy's been attacking, you feel as though you have been complacent, you feel as if you have maybe not fully been embracing the season that you're in. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel like, ah, I, I, I feel like I'm called to bigger things and greater things and I need to enjoy the season that I'm in. I need to embrace the season that I'm in. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've just been going through some spiritual warfare. The scripture says where two or three are gathered, we're here in his, in his midst. 
And there's power in prayer. As we sing this song one last time, if you need some prayer, feel free to come forward. I'd love to pray for you.